AMG Rules Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and I'm really excited to talk to you today, but before we get into what I really want to talk about, let's hit our main segments, starting with... List Building with Joe! So I've been finding a lot of success with my first order list that I've been flying in a couple different leagues. And um, I wanted to see if I could give, build the same type of list and throw some love towards the resistance. So here's what I came up with. And you'll have to let me know if you think that this is, uh, if this is something you think um, can be potentially as, as good. Right, so we're going to start off with Kazuto and the fighter Fireball. We're running Heroic, Tracer Missiles, R5, and Kaz's fire, Fireball. Now, Tracer Missiles are just kind of a filler in there. You could also run Clusters if you want. Um, actually, no. Scratch that. You can't run Clusters because you need to be able to target lock. Um, so there's that. Next, you've got Greer with Heroic and Advanced Optics. Then you've got Boost. Tim and Wexley with Marksmanship, R4, Hole Upgrade, Concussion Missiles, and Integrated Foils. Then you have Kai Thernali with Heroic, M9G8, and Integrated S-Foils. And then rounding out the list, you've got Rose Tico with C-3PO and Automated Targeting Priority. So the idea here is you, you've got Rose, which is um, hard, hard to kill with um, her ability. Um, using her action with CP with C3PO to coordinate whoever else needs it and then getting an additional modification from that automated targeting priority. And she can give the action to whoever needs it. Um, Kai is going to lock Kazuto first round to give Kazuto that offensive reroll. Um, Kazuto is going to do what he can to get everyone else locks. Um, Temen is um, just a solid um, flanker with that built-in afterburners. Uh, same with Greer, kind of in there to be the solid flanker. So you've got your your body, which is Kazuto, Kai, and Rose. And then you have Temen and Greer as your flankers, um, just to kind of punish whoever decides to, to go off on their own. You've got five ships, pretty solid list. Everyone's right around the same point. Everyone's almost the same initiative with the, with the exception of Rose, who's a three instead of a four. And uh, as I said, I think this is real similar to the first order list that I've been flying. Um, maybe better? Asterix? Probably not. Um, I'm really enjoying that list. But anyway, uh, this is showing some love to the Resistance, so hope you like it. 
We'll go ahead and move on to our next segment. AMG Rules Forum. We'll kick this right off with the uh, Separatist Slave 1. OP, does the fire spray with the Separatist Slave 1 title need to be fully in the target's rear half to trigger the effect? Answer, no. Next question, cross-faction model legality. OP, the latest rules reference update says each ship card has a ship type centered at the bottom of the card's player's may use any Star Wars X-Wing miniature that represents the same ship model as the pilot in their squadron, so long as it's easily recognizable as the ship it represents and has the appropriate ship token fitted in its base. Example, the customized YT-1300 light freighter miniature may be used to represent a scavenged YT-1300 YT if the escape craft piece is removed and an appropriate ship token is fitted to the ship base. Does this mean we can use... A Resistance RZ-2 A-Wing model for an RZ-1 A-Wing, or a Public BTLB Y-Wing, or Resistance BTA NR-2 Y-Wing model in place of the Rebel BTLA-4 Y-Wing? Thanks. Answer. No. The customized, modified, and scavenged YT-1300 ships are all variations of the YT-1300 freighter, whereas the BTLB and BTA-2, NR-2, and BTL-A-4 Y-Wings are different ships altogether. The same would go for the T-65 and T-70 X-Wings, RZ-1, and RZ-2 A-Wings. Next question. ST-321 timing with boost and barrel roll. OP. When coordinating with ST-321, does the ability to acquire result acquire a lock, resolve before or after the coordinated ship completes or fails its action. For example, if you coordinate a boost, is the range requirement for ST321 measured from the original position of the coordinated ship or after it has completed or failed the boost? Answer. The ST321 lock acquisition occurs after the coordinated ship performs or fails the coordinated action. The action part of the coordinate Step 3, F, that action is part of the coordinate. Step 3, ST321 resolves after that, and you would thus measure from the post-boost position of the coordinated ship. Next one, Hate and Chancellor Palpatine Crew Timing. OP, Hate, Chancellor Palpatine Crew Timing. Can you use palp to spend a force to add a stress to an opposing ship before you recover force with hate, or does hate take place before Palpatine? Answer. Hate occurs before Palpatine. Hate occurs in step 5 of the attack, deal damage. Chancellor Palpatine, wow, I can really speak today, occurs in step 6, the aftermath. Next one, Shattering Shot. When do you spend the force to add the eyeball? OP. When during the attack do you spend a force to add an eyeball result? Before rolling dice or after? Answer. Add a results, a focus result in this case, is a dice modification. Shattering shot occurs during step 2B of attack, modify attack dice, which is after rolling dice. And the last question we'll read today, snapshot and R5TK. Quick case, quick question. Tarani with R5TK and Snapshot. Can she shoot 
to the friendly ships? Answer, no. Snapshot specifies that an enemy ship must be the target. Okay, now that we've got all that, I'm really excited to talk to you all about this, and it's um, I have to give credit where credit's due first. And um, as you know, every week I'd like to listen to both Gold Squadrons and Fly Better's podcasts, and there's a couple other in there that I listen to, but I don't always get to before I record this one. So anyway, the Fly Better podcast this week talked about, um, for for lack of a better term, improving your local gameplay or making it interesting for your players. So, um, and it kind of hit a little bit harder for me because I had a player come to me last week saying that uh, he wasn't having fun with the game anymore. And I I totally understand that. I've been in that position myself. Um, 2.5 really rejuvenated the game for me. So um, I'm hoping that I could put something together. Excuse me. That I could put something together that would kind of reinvigorate the game for everyone. So here's what I came up with. It's going to be a six-week league, and if you're a local player, um, I'm going to be putting out this information um, The um, after uh, we finish the league that we're currently in. Um, but here's what, we're, what we've got. So this is going to be a six-week summer league, and if you're local to San Diego and listening to this and you want to be a part of it, Come by TC's on the uh, date that I announce it. I'll, I'll announce it again on the podcast and uh, come be a part of it. So anyway, six-week league. Here's what you've got. Each player at the start of league chooses a ship chassis, a faction, and an obstacle. These choices will be locked for the entire league. Limitations are as follows. Extended. Cannot pick a 3 agility ship with more than 5 health. Cannot pick a 2 agility ship with more than 9 health. Cannot pick a ship with more than 13 health. Each week is going to be an aces high type event. In addition to the hyperspace markers and obstacles on the board, one objective marker will be placed at the center of the board. Each player can choose to spin their action to claim one victory point during the perform action step if they are within range 0 to 1 of the center objective. Over the course of the league, points are going to be awarded based on total number of kills, total number of games won, and total number of games survived. That means no deaths at all during the course of the game. Now, here's where it gets fun. Week 1. During this week, each player flies their chosen ship chassis with the lowest pilot skill generic and zero loadout points. Week 2. During this week, each player flies their chosen ship chassis with the lowest pilot skill generic with 10 loadout points or they fly the highest pilot skill generic of that same chassis. And we start building. Week 3, during this week, each player flies a named pilot with a pilot skill no greater than 3 
with standard loadout points. Week 4. During this week, each player flies a named pilot with a pilot skill no higher than 4 with a standard loadout with standard loadout points plus 2 additional loadout points. Week 5. During this week, each player flies a named pilot with a pilot skill no higher than 5 with standard loadout points plus 5 additional loadout points. And here is the culmination. This is the uh, the the piece de resistance. I am super excited about week six, and I hope everyone else who hears this is as well. During week six, each player flies can fly their highest highest skilled pilot or less with unlimited loadout points. That's right. You heard me. As long as they have a slot that can be filled, they can spend whatever number of points they want to fill out all of those loadout slots. I think that'll just be the great culmination of this league and really make it interesting. The other cool part with each of it being an aces high type of event, that allows players to get together, possibly get multiple games in during a thing, Everyone's talking. Hopefully that'll bring some new players in. For the uh, more veteran players that have been there, it gives them a chance to play the game a little differently than we have um, and hopefully bring some of the fun back to the game. And I think that'll be especially true for, um, for those people that are going through that lull right now where they're having a hard time with the game. Now, as part of this, I went through and I made uh, uh, basically an agility dock. And what I did was I looked at the ships that, um, and then looked at their number of agility and their total health. And um, because we got time, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, read through each of these. And I think what you're going to notice is... Um, Part of the reason why I, uh, I I I put the initial rules in that I did. So starting at zero agility, we have the VCX 100 at 14 health, the VT 47 decimator or 49 decimator at 16 health. At one agility, we've got the BTA NR2 Y wing with seven or 11 health, depending on uh, what loadout it has. Then at eight health. We've got the B-Wing, the Azatuck gunship, the BTLA-4 Y-Wing, and the BTLB Y-Wing, HMP gunship, resistance transport, and TIE Reaper, and TIE Heavy. At 9 health, we've got the ARC-170, the BTLS-8 K-Wing, the G-1A Starfighter, the M-12L Kimugila, and the TIE Punisher. At 10 health, we've got the LAT, the Lambda Clash Shuttle, the Skurg Bomber, and the Sith Infiltrator. At 11 health, we've got the Customized and Scavenged YT-1300s. At 12 health, we've got the MG-100 Star Fortress, the Upsilon Class Shuttle, and the YV-666. And at 13 health, we've got the YT-1300 
the modified one, the rebel one. At two agility, three health, we've got the vulture. Four health, we've got the escape craft, attack shuttle, tie striker, resistance transport pod, and Z95 headhunter. Five health, we've got the Naboo N1 starfighter, the V19 torrent, the hyena bomber, the quadrajet space tug, the Shethapede class shuttle, the TIE Phantom, the TIE Aggressor, the TIE Whisper, and the Hawk 290. At 6 health, we've got the Delta 7B, the Kirax Fighter, T-7, T-65 X-Wing, the TIE Bomber, the Special Forces TIE, and the uh, First Order Bomber. At 7 health, we've got the Rogue Class Starfighter, the Xi Class Light Shuttle, T-70 X-Wing, and the Alpha Class Star Wing. At 8th health, the U-Wing. At 9 health, the Jumpmaster 5000 and the ST-700. And then at 10 health, we've got the Lancer Pursuit Craft, the YT-2400, the Fire Spray. The Gauntlet comes in at 11 health, and there's two more in here that I kind of skipped over, but we've got the uh, Double Lab. 22 at 5 or 7 health. Really, you should be running the 7 health version. Or the Fireball um, with 6, normally 5 health. And then at 3 agility, you've got the TIE LN, the TIE Interceptor, the Tri Fighter, the Eta 2. At 4 health, the Delta 7, the V Wing, the Nantex, the M3A Interceptor the Fang Fighter, RZ-1 A-Wing, RZ-2 A-Wing, TIE Advance V-1, TIE FO Fighter, and the TIE BA. At 5 health, you've got the Star Viper and the TIE Advance X-1. And then at 6 health, you've got the Silencer and the E-Wing. At 7 health, the TIE Defender. And at 8 health, the Aggressor Class Starfighter that the IGs fly. So you can kind of see... Uh, with all that laid out, that I didn't want people to pick the highest agility, highest health ships. Um, I think limiting limiting the total health at three agility to five leaves out the E-Wing and the Silencer and the Defender and the IG Aggressor, which can take a little while to deem out or to... Wow, what am I saying? That can take a little while to to put down. With two agility, I didn't want people to be access to access the YT twenty four hundred, the fire spray, the gauntlet, or the lancer uh, class pursuit craft. Um, so those ones are out. And then I kind of struggled with the modified YT thirteen hundred. 13 health on one agility is uh, quite a bit, and I contemplating nixing it, but I decided to leave it there, um, but limited total health to 13 because I didn't want anyone to bring the VCX100 or the Decimator. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, couldn't I just slap a whole upgrade on the modified YT1300, and then that would be 14 health? Well, yes, with loadout points, I would allow that. And um, 
I thought about leaving three agility ships out completely, but I think the low health ones um, is, is going to do that. Plus, it allows a lot more variety in what people can bring. I mean, we're talking about all kinds of ships from all kinds of different factions. Um, and here's the great thing, is you're not locked into a single pilot over the entire league. Most likely, you're not going to be flying the same pilot from week to week to week. And then the added benefit of that is it sets up the um, the nuance in the chassis, which I think is something that, well, I don't want to say that, well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it's something that people are missing right now. I think we get so laser-focused on a specific pilot in a specific chassis that we forget that there are other pilots and they fly differently from that particular pilot. And so this kind of forces you to pick a different pilot each time. You don't have to, right? You can still fly your Initiative 1 guy in week 3, 4, or 5 and do whatever. You can still do that. But it's not going to be as fun because most likely your opponents are going to be taking advantage of that. And I'm already looking at what ship I'm going to be bringing for this. And that's just because I want to practice flying the ship more. If you want to know, you're going to have to wait till a future podcast. So, with all that said, everything laid out. Do you think that this is... Does it pique your interest, right? As a listener, is this a type of league that you would want to do? Or do you think that I'm going a little bit off the deep end with it? I don't know. This, when, as soon as I thought of this and as soon as I laid out everything by agility and saw what could and couldn't be flown and the fact that I'm opening it up to extended, um, I'm just, I'm really, really excited about this. Um, and I, I can't wait to introduce it to my players and see, hopefully, an equal level of excitement as I'm going through what the rules are for this. So, and my players that listen to this podcast, first off, thank you very much. And uh, secondly, the rules are going to be posted soon. Don't you worry. All right. Let me uh, shift over from that. And let me talk about Kyber Cup for a second. All right. By the time you're listening to this episode, my game's already going to have happened. But because I record and then edit and then get up, um, I am going to start preparation as soon as I finish this episode for my game against Sandy now. And um, Sandy is flying a Rebelist that is... Wedge Antilles in the T-65 X-Wing with Outmaneuver, Elusive, R2, Afterburners, and S-Foils. Brodica, Vinge, in the Fang Fighter with Outmaneuver, Predator, and Shield Upgrade. Lieutenant Blount, and then Derek Clevin with Vectored Cannons. And Ipstasam in the Arc-170 with Marksmanship and Leia Organa. Now, as I said... By the time you listen to this episode, this game is already going to happen. And I will either be 2-1 or 3-0. I don't know. 
But uh, if you do want to see how the game went, you can look on, hold on, let me pull it up right here, on the rookie channel slash TCX um, Twitch page. Wow, I just completely blanked on that. Because um, they are streaming the game. Um, and it should still be up there by the time. So you can see, <laughs> you can watch and look at all the bad decisions that I made. Um, but I'm going up against this list with my 5, 4 PS first order ships all in different chassis. It's been doing well. Um, talking to a friend of mine, I'm like at an 80 to 90% win rate with this list. Um, and it's not because I'm that great of a player because you all know what my record is, right? And for Kyber Cup as a whole, I'm just going for breaking even. If I do better, then awesome. But I don't, like, I'm having fun with the game right now. So, um, I want to kind of keep doing that. Um, my target priority looking at going into this, um, obviously, um, if I was setting this up, um, Blount, Clevin, and Ipstasam would kind of be in the center, and then I'd put Wedge on one side and the Fang on the other. Um, so, my, my goal on this is if I can take out Wedge early, that's going to be my target priority. Um, but really, go after whichever target he gives me the most of. Now, the um, scenario is, and I want to say, uh, yes, it's Assault at the Satellite Array. So this is actually going to be good for me because a lot of the action economy that I can generate with my list, I can put into offensive or defensive mods, um, which I'm going to need when I'm facing two outmaneuvered ships or two ships without maneuver on them, especially Wedge. Wedge hits like a truck. So I'm, I'm very concerned about it. But he is in a T-65 egg swing, and if I can leverage enough guns on him or if I can ionize him, then I think I can make him pop fairly quickly. So anyway, that's my plan. All right, there's one more thing that I want to shout out before I wrap up this episode, and uh, that's another online tournament uh, run via TTS that is very similar to Crate Cup in that you'll be doing one game a week, um, and it's run by a good friend of mine. Um, you can catch him. Uh, he... Uh, he is in charge of, uh, he goes by Buckethead, and his first name is Brian, and he runs the Team Mech, Team Mech Killers Clubhouse, and there's currently four people signed up. He's looking to get eight, um, and I will post the details to the tournament in the show notes. The It's scheduled to start June 6th right now. And the prize support for this is going to be amazing. The tokens that he has made. So for those that in the area that know, this is the guy that used to run the Rivco tournaments. So he's doing a completely online one. It's called Star Tours. As I said, I'll post the link in the show, no in the show notes. Um, but please join this. It's going to be a good time. 
and the price support is going to be amazing. Um, trust me, it's it's going to be fun, and it's kind of your your non standard X Wing two point five. So, with all that said, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Stealing a line from Gold Squadron, brought to you by our podcast patrons. Thank you all very much for your support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit us at patreon.com slash saltminesxwing. If you're not sure you want to financially commit to that, I totally understand. These are tough times that we're living in right now. Please consider leaving a review however you consume this podcast. It really means a lot to me. As you know, I like to end every podcast with a question. And this week's question is, am I going to be 3-0 or 2-1? This is Sailor Joe, signing off. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to.